sometimes the most complicated person to forgive is yourself. Yourself. Yes, you did it. Look at you. You did it. You can deny it. You can pretend it didn't happen. It happened. And you did it. You shut the door on your children's fingers. You forgot the candles and burnt the house. You are the main cause of your divorce. You are the problem. You cheated on your spouse. And a lot worse. You did it. It's hard to forgive yourself. You messed up. You may be told that God has forgiven you. Or people in your life may have even moved on. They've moved on. But you still struggle to comprehend how you could do such an awful thing. It's still going through your mind. How did I get that law? We defined forgiveness last week. We said forgiveness is a conscious choice to release others from the punishment they deserve and the expected consequences of their wrongdoing against you. You are your own judge in your heart and you decide to let them go. You decide it's a conscious choice to withdraw the case in your heart and let them It gets complicated when you realize that the other person you are trying to forgive is you. It's yourself. The person you are trying to release is yourself. You expect justice to be served. The perpetrator to be punished. In this case, you are your own perpetrator. And you struggle to let him or her go unpunished. Instead of trying to make things right, your conscience continuously seeks the justice. You are seeking justice. That person who did that should be punished. They deserve a punishment. And then you realize it's you. So you say, I should be punished. I should be punished. I should be punished. You are more critical of yourself. Withdraw from people who may even love you. And everyone suffers. You did it, but you can't let it go. Forgiveness doesn't mean you ignore your mistakes. When you self-forgive, it doesn't mean you ignore what you did. You don't even try to excuse what happened. It simply means you deal with your past to enjoy the present and hope for a better future. You'll do better in the future, but you need to accept that it happened. But how do we get there? How do we release ourselves from the punishment we think we deserve in our own heart? We know we deserve it. How to forgive yourself? I'm glad you asked. I will suggest four helpful tools to take with you on the journey of self-forgiveness. Four concepts to facilitate your self-forgiveness for So let's begin. The first one, you are fallible. Put this in your bag before you start the trip of self-forgiveness. You are fallible. Ecclesiastes 7.20 There is certainly no one righteous on the earth, 
who does good and never sins. When I read this, I said, wow. So I'm not the only one. Even my wife is also a sinner. Because I've never seen anything wrong with her. So I said, oh, oh, she's also a sinner. The Bible said so. I didn't say it. An excellent place to start your journey to forgiving yourself is to understand that you are human. And humans are fallible. You know, <laughs> this seems like a general knowledge. It's not. When we find ourselves in this corner where we are blaming ourselves and we are trying to get things right, but you feel like you can't forgive yourself, you forget that you did it because you were human at the first place. We all make mistakes. We do. It's good to have moral standards. It's good to have moral standards. It's essential to stand on biblical values. As a person, as a family, or a community. But as humans, we fall from time to time. And this is not a license to sin. It's just a call for humility. We are not saying, oh, now because you are human, go and do it. No, it's good to have moral standard. That is bad, that is bad, that is wrong, that is right. It's good to teach our children to have moral standard. But we also need to remember that they are humans. And we make mistakes. When you acknowledge that you are fallible, you learn to appreciate the grace of God on you and on others. We are all one step away from acting foolishly. Maybe you need to write this down or memorize it. We are all one step away from foolishness. All of us. All of us. One step away from messing up. All of us. We must understand that we are not exempt from falling when we make mistakes. I grew up in a Christian family. My father was a pastor. My mother was a prayer warrior. And my sisters were in the choirs. And we grew up in the church. I went to, I went to Sunday school. I went to youth programs. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 11. Beautiful. I loved it. I loved it. Walk with God. Oh, I turned into a judge myself. I started to look down on other boys and other girls of my age, looking at what they are doing, and I thought, oh, I was better than them. Better than them. I became arrogant. They say holier than thou, isn't it? Eh, I became holier than thou. And then when I make a mistake, I'm, did I do that? No, that's not me. That's you, why did you do that? Shame on you. Every time I make a mistake, like other teenagers, when I say something wrong, when I do something wrong, I, I, I try to separate myself from that person because I know better. No, that's not me. You, yeah. how can you do that? And then I realized <laughs> that, oh, it was foolishness to think that I'm better than them. I was human. And I needed to understand that the grace of God on me kept me out of trouble. Not because I was better than them. It was prideful to reject the reality that I was as human as all my classmates. And I was close to acting foolishly as all other teenagers. No one is above temptation. 
You know what? All of us here, we are not better than those who are in prison today. Are you thought you were? I'm reminding you, you're one step away from getting in prison. And I'm looking at you. Yes, you are. Very much. If it was not the, gr the grace of God, you would be in prison. Your life circumstances might have been different. Or maybe you grew up in a different environment. That's, that doesn't make you better than them. Allow this to sink in. I am who I am because of the grace of God. I'm not better than those we talk about. We don't want to look like them. We don't want to sound like them. We don't want our children to, 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 to go close to their children. We, no, we are not better than them. It's the grace of God that keeps us from trouble. But to remember that you are human, knowing that you can also do that, it's important. You may be struggling to admit that with your moral standard, you know, with what you know, you could have done what you did. Or with the information you had, your training or your position, you know, your position as a father, as a mother, or as a leader, or as something at work, you did what you did. How could you do such a poor, poor could you make such a poor decision? Just be humble and admit that you are as human as everybody else. Failure to admit your flaws pushes you to try to find someone else to blame. And watch this. Wait, watch this. Unfortunately, the perpetrator is you. You finally find yourself blaming another version of yourself. You separate yourself from that person. And you keep blaming, it wasn't me because I know better. It was another version of me, which is you, you, you. No, it's you. <laughs> You did it. It's another form of pride that makes you think that you are less capable of making such poor decisions. Failure to forgive yourself is a, is a sign of pride. Let's start from there. Humble yourself. Admit that you are human and you did it. After acknowledging that you are fallible, your following tools on the journey of self-forgiveness is to accept God's forgiveness. We mentioned this during the steps of repentance. Let's bring it back again. Second tool is you've been forgiven. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is one of the scriptures I quote to myself almost every day. I, that's how bad I need it. This scripture, it reminds me that I am not faithful, but God is. I'm not just, but God is. So I can go back to him every day and he will forgive me. God's forgiveness has nothing to do with you. We don't earn it. He forgives you because of what Jesus has done. Stop beating yourself up for your past mistakes. Let, let, let me tell you something. I know some religious leaders or some religion, religions that teach that God will balance our good deeds against our bad deed, okay? So if you've done more good, you go to heaven because you can do 51% of good and 49% of bad, and then the balance will go boom, and God will take you to heaven. 
The problem with that theology is that God does not accept even 99% of good. He only takes 100%. It gets complicated because you can do as much good as you want. If you don't reach 100%, the door is still closed to you. And it's an automatic door. You don't, you can't cheat. 100% pure, it opens. 99, bam, it's closed. You can stand there for years waiting. So God saw that we can't reach 100%. We try. I, I try 2% sometimes. I get there. My wife is always around 99.99. You know, she's close to 100. I struggle a lot. Help your brother. And God said, I have a solution. I will give you Jesus. Jesus is 100% pure. So he said, you don't need to act 99% to get to me. Just believe in this guy. He has done it for you. If you believe by faith, you believe in Christ. When I look at you, I don't see you. I see him. So the door will open. It's an automatic door. You can't cheat. So whoever has believed in Christ, stand at the door. The door opens. You enter. It's not you the door opened for. It's Jesus. He says, if I've forgiven you, you are forgiven. Your faith in Jesus has qualified you 100% despite your failures. So why not forgive yourself? If Jesus has done it for you, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. And the third tool you need after you've accepted God's forgiveness, is you need to move on. All these things sound simple, isn't it? Oh, we struggle with these things. As simple as they sound. Jeremiah 31, 34b says, This is the Lord's declaration. For I will forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sin. This is God speaking to the children of Israel. In the Old Testament, they offered sacrifices for their sin every year. Every year. It was like you were okay for 12 months and then you are guilty again. After 12 months, you have to go back and give a sacrifice for your sins again. So you were temporarily okay with God. For 12 months only, it was expiring. Your forgiveness expires every 12 months. You have to go back and give the sacrifice for your forgiveness. It was tiring. So when the prophet said to them, I will remember your sins no more, imagine what they heard. If every year you pay the price for your sins and someone comes and says, oh, don't worry. I will remember your sins no more. It was like, do you mean this practice will be... Forever we will not Yes, that's what I mean. It was big news to them. That forever I will not remember your sins again. They said no more sacrifices. Eventually Jesus came, Jesus died, and that prophecy was fulfilled through Jesus. We don't need to give sacrifices every year anymore. I can imagine how much you work. The high priest were doing. I'm glad I'm not a pastor that time. 
cutting the throat of animals. No, no, no. That's not my job. <laughs> this was a great news to them. Like finally, we will stop paying the price for our sins. And it's happened. God is saying, when I forgive you, I move on. Can we trust God? That when he forgives us, he moves on. The problem is people will say, I forgive you. But they never forget. And they will remind you. That's what we do. Even though we don't say it. When people offend us, we keep it somewhere in our notebook, in our heart, somewhere. When they do it, you say, mm. And then we do it again, mm. I'm not going to talk about marriage. <laughs> God's forget. He forget. He forget. He does not deal with you based on your mistakes you've apologized for. He's not careful trying to see if you'll do it again. Once he forgives, he gives you another chance. His mercies are new every morning. Mercy is when you don't get the punishment you deserve. And he says, every morning I will treat you with mercy. That's his word. I remind myself every morning that God is treating me today in his mercy. I know people in your life might not treat you with mercy, but God does. So if the God of the universe... The judge of the humans and the angels, the dead and the alive, if the creator of the universe says, I forgive you, who are you? Who are you to say that you are still guilty? Do you see the contradiction there? Your creator says, I forgive you. And you say, no, that's what we do. God says, I've forgiven you. And you say, ah, ha, ha, ha. You are not a good judge, God. Let me show you how to do it. I don't trust your judgment. I deserve more. I deserve punishment. I don't deserve your forgiveness. I'm a bad person. And let me perish. Maybe you don't frame it this way. But your behavior shows that exactly how you, you, you say to God. If God has forgiven you, move on. God has moved on. He has turned the chapter, the page. Try to catch up with him. Join him. What did you do that you think you deserve to be punished for? What did you do? I know you, 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 what hurt us the most is when we hurt the people we love. You, do, you really don't want to hurt the people you love. And you keep punishing yourself because you hurt someone you love. God has forgiven you. So what do you do? Do you think you love them more than God does? Do you think God didn't know that you love them? God knew that you love them. He also knew you are human. And he knew you would make mistakes. He has forgiven you. Move on, brother. Move on, sister. It's a decision we make to forgive ourselves. In fact, forgiveness altogether is, is a decision. 
The judge of the universe has declared you free. He has moved on. Please move on. And the fourth tool you need in your box as you start your journey to self-forgiveness is that we are on a journey. Understanding that you are on a journey is important when you are on the journey. Uh, Forgiveness, it's not a destination. It's a journey. You don't arrive in forgiveness. You keep moving. Why? Because you keep remembering. There will be always sometimes you, oh, I did, and, uh, yeah, it's a journey. Start again. Even when you feel like it's not happening, stay on the journey of forgiveness. Once you've made a decision to forgive, stay on the journey of forgiveness. You may feel like you are back to square one occasionally. You will feel like, oh, I don't think I've forgiven myself. I don't think I've forgiven that person. And something may happen and cause you to feel like it's, it's all collapsed. Don't give up. Forgiveness is a journey. It's a decision we make every day. You wake up in the morning, I've forgiven myself. God has forgiven me. I've forgiven myself. I've forgiven her. I've forgiven him. Every morning you remind yourself, I've made that decision. I'm not going to let my feelings or circumstances to take me back to my chains. I'm free. I've forgiven. You make that decision every day. Forgive, forgive, forgive. There will be temptation to go back to revenge. But yes, sometimes you'll feel angry. Sometimes you'll feel bitter. Sometimes you'll feel hurt. But forgive again. Decide again. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. You stay on the journey. You stay on the journey. There will be corners. There will be corners. There will be hills. There will be valleys. It's a journey. You keep going. You keep going. You keep going. You keep going. Forgiveness is a journey and not a destination. We make mistakes when we think we've arrived. I've decided to forgive her. Last year, I decided to forgive her. Why am I feeling like this today? It's a journey. That's how you still feel like that. I don't want to go to church because when I see them, when I see her, when I see, come to church and see them. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. The feeling will come back, but it's a journey. Stay on the journey. God wants us to stay on the journey of forgiveness. Yes, you want to see justice served. You want retribution, but retribution won't solve the problem. Stop beating yourself up. Keris was two years old and was following me everywhere. Everywhere Keris was after me. When I come from work, we were playing a game. I was the horse. He was the rider. He would go on my back and I will be going around the house like a, I would be riding in the house on the floor like a, a horse. And every day when I come home, he will follow me. Papa, 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 horse, oh, papa, horse. Okay, we do horse. And this day, I don't know what happened to me. And I was going to the bedroom and I didn't know he was following me. And I closed the door behind me. I had... I closed the door on my son's finger. And I really closed it like boom, 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 boom. Close, close, close. Fully. Hey, open the door. See my son with blood. 
imagine my role as the father is to protect. Now I've hurt my own son. Why? Because he was following me out of love. Imagine the guilt. Imagine the shock of this young father with no experience. What do we do here? He can't even understand my apology, even though I like start crying with him. He won't understand. Even if there's nothing I can do for him to forgive me. Two years old boy, we took the boy to the hospital. Thank God the bone were not broken. It was like the flesh. And he was young. He healed quickly. He doesn't even remember, thank God. Because there is no scar. <laughs> but that was not the big part of the story. The challenging part of the story was me to forgive myself. To let go of that incident. I started dreaming about it. <gasps> oh, who is there? Hey, where is my son? Oh. Oh, all is good. Go back to bed. Hey, what is happening? <laughs> Starting dreaming about it. <laughs> Pray for your brother. I lived with guilt for many, many months, for a long time. And then one day God asked me, in prayer, I just heard this voice asking me, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? No, who do you think you are? If I've forgiven you, you're forgiven. What do you mean? Your son, your son issue is still holding you back. Your son's issue. What you did to your son, you can't forgive yourself for it. My problem was, I thought I was better than that. Ah, I thought me, Mike, the way I know myself, a good man, disciplined, always watching around, always caring for my family. How could I go that low? Not to check if my son was following me. That's stupid. Foolish. No, that's not me. You, Mike. You, you see that with the fight in my heart. And God said it to you. <laughs> you did it. You were foolish. Yes, you did it. You did not check if your son was behind you. It took time for me to reconcile those two things. That. As high as I think my standards are, I can go that low. Why? I'm human. I'm human. And humans make mistakes. So I started to accept myself to be human first. I don't know who I thought I was. Maybe an angel or something. Yes, I'm human. I'm human. I'm human. Yes, I'm human. I'm human. I'm human. Okay. Second. I'm fallible. I'm fallible. I'm fallible. I'm fallible. I'm fallible. Yes, yes. Uh, another one. Okay, God has moved on. God has forgiven me. Now, forgive yourself, forgive yourself, forgive yourself. And finally, okay. Every time I remember that story, even now I feel the guilt. Talking about it, I'm like, is he listening? I can't see him. Don't tell him I said it. Why? Because that's human. You know, we feel like, I felt like I was better than that. And that pride in me was broken on that day. You can do that too. You are one step away from foolishness. 
and I've accepted it. My standards are high. But at the same time, I know I'm one step away from foolishness. So every time I miss the mark, I remind myself, come back to God. Repent. Try again. This is not a green light for sin. It's just an, an appeal for humility to forgive ourselves. So I want to give you some exercise to do if you're struggling with self-forgiveness. The first one is write down all the things you are ashamed of or you blame yourself for. Please confront them. Write them down. Write them. Write them. The second thing is read Colossians 2, 13 to 14. Please read this scripture and fill the gap with your sin. Feel one sin at a time. Don't just say, my sins. That's how we, that's the mistake we make in repentance. All my sins, what are they? Confront them one by one. So read like this. Jesus forgave my, you put it there, my dot, dot, dot. What sin are you repenting for? Or you are, you are acknowledging? Is... Jesus forgave my pride. He canceled the record of the charges against me and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Repeat it to yourself again. Third, read Psalm 51 in the past tense. Try it. Just open, open Psalm 51 and start reading it in past tense. You've heard mercy on me, O Lord. So you're not asking him to have mercy on you. You are saying it as if he's done it. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, you've blotted out my transgressions. And keep reading Psalm 51. And finally, when you feel released from a particular sin, burn it. Burn that paper. So don't do it on your phone. I know you love technology. Don't burn your phone. Burn the paper and let your heart know it's over. When you burn it, you look at the fire. Let your heart know that sin is gone. And this is how we deal with our past.